Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is March 23rd, 2020. It is 4.30 in the morning and I have been up for about an hour. (laughs) If you have Twitter, you can follow the Unicorn Club for Introverts over on Twitter. And you will know that you found the right profile when you see a unicorn created out of burlap. So this topic is going to be a little bit different and I'm going to give a lot of different scenarios and get to the point. So the topic of today's audio journal podcast is titled Learning with dyslexia. Learning with dyslexia. I remember, let me first start off with this, in the Bible, spiritually speaking, in the Bible, there is a verse that talks about the crown of life. You can Google it and get the exact um, Bible verse. But according to the Bible, Anytime you reach another level, you receive a gemstone in this crown. Now, different crowns have different amounts of gemstones that you can receive in each crown. And I remember when I was in college, I was learning about the five crowns that are written and talked about in the Bible. One of them in particular, called the crown of life, I knew, spiritually speaking, that I was working out the gemstones in this particular crown through the lessons learned in life. And I remember learning the hard way. And when I say the hard way, I mean When you don't learn the principle and the moral behind circumstances and situations, they continue to repeat themselves through different people and different scenarios until you get it. And each time it comes around, the consequences are more intense, more dire. And once you get it, you'll get tested. Life will test you through another person, (laughs) a different scenario, but the moral and the principle will still be the same. And once you pass that test, it does not come back again. It's like you have to apply what it is that you have learned. And you can't just apply it to that particular person and that particular scenario, you have to apply it to all things, all situations in life. When you get that, then and only then, you will receive this gemstone on the crown of life. I think this is very important because it is an indication of life after death. 
I remember meeting this elderly woman and she was a bit influential. I used to think that all old people have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding because they've been through life. I used to think that once a person got to a certain age, there was nothing else for them to learn concerning life. I quickly discovered that's not true. Just because a person is old, that does not mean that they are mature. That does not mean that they have wisdom. That does not mean they have knowledge. That does not mean they have understanding. People only know whatever it is that they've done for the majority of their lives. In the early 20s, uh, the early 1920s, to the best of my knowledge, women were particularly homemakers. They cleaned, they cooked, they did laundry, they raised the children, they helped the children with schoolwork, they taught the children, whatever it is that they taught the children. And that was their role until they decided that they wanted to work and earn their own money for whatever reason that they have. And then we come to the era where women were burning bras for equality. If a woman went to college and she studied law and she became a judge, everything she did everything she saw her perspective whether she watched TV or she read the newspaper or she read a book everything came from the perspective of judging because she went to school and studied to be a judge and her career was a judge people only know what it is that they've done for the majority of their lives. And I learned that when I discovered not all old people or elderly people have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And they too can be 90 years old and can still learn something new in life that they've never known. So I met this old woman, this elderly woman, and she had a really bad sense of direction. And I learned not to listen to her tell me how to travel because she had a really bad sense of direction. She never in her entire life even had a, a driver's license or a learner's permit for that matter. Not that you need a car to, to know how to travel, but she wasn't even good with traveling on the Metro North, on the train or the bus. She was not good with that. 
she made me wonder how the hell did she make it home? <laughs> like you didn't get lost getting home? <laughs> but this woman, she also had a yang to her. Everyone, excuse me, has a yin and a yang to their character. And her dark side was incredibly dark. If you were trusting of her, loving of her, uh, liked or admired something about her, she would know and she would pull you in. And there was something about her that would literally kill your soul if you were not careful. I remember meeting her daughter-in-law. And her daughter-in-law came to me and said, you've been around for a very long time. She, if I polish my nails, she's jealous of it. If I go out on a date with her son, she's jealous of me. I try to do things right by her, and it's never good enough. Her daughter passed away, and she wanted me to fill in for her daughter's shoes, and it still wasn't good enough. Even when I tried, nothing was good enough. And I said to her, listen, if you're missing mothering from your own mother, you're not going to get it from her. She never even mothered her own two children. She raised them. But the intimacy and the connection that a mother has with their child, she never had. She never displayed it. She does it with her one and only grandson. So you know she knows how to do it and she's capable of it. But that's the only one that's going to get something like that from her. So don't expect to get mothering from her. You're not going to get it. That's number one. And number two, she really wants a man. But for whatever reason she had, once her second husband died, she never bothered with getting herself another man. And she knew the importance of a man was not only for the companionship of a man, but just for that masculine energy that can only come from a man. A true man can provide, can make you feel protected, can make you feel loved, and it helps that he has a penis. And that's the value of a man. So it's not that she's jealous of you per se. She's jealous that you have something that she's she misses. Yes, yeah, she's jealous of you polishing you know your nails. She's done the exact same thing with me. It was competition and all sorts of things. And I couldn't understand why someone who was so elderly would want to try to compete with somebody 40 years younger. You lost. I have youth over you. Like you lost. Before you can even begin, you lost. So I told the girl, in a nutshell, to be careful because she's one of those people that can kill another person's soul. You'll literally lay down 
and be in the grave six feet under the dirt. If you let what she say get to your head, you'll literally die. And the girl was shaking her head the whole time I was talking. And she was like, yeah, I figured that out. I, I'm aware of that. And thank you for that confirmation because I thought that I was bugging out. And then, hun, the girl, the girl and the elderly woman got into an argument and she threw it in the elderly woman's face that she's a killer of souls. I watched this elderly woman, when she think my back is turned, go from zero to ten in 2.5 seconds flat and go ape shit ballistic. She goes ballistic. And if I step in front of her and go, hey, she'll stop. Her com her facial expression will completely change. Her tone of voice will change. And you would think she was a ray of fucking sunshine. And I said to myself, that's not normal. For a person to do something like that is not normal. So I watched her and I realized that it wasn't so much that she was angry with people. She was just angry at herself and her own life, the way that it turned out. She never anticipated being poor and living in a poor neighborhood. She thought that she would always have white privilege, and she did not. She was mad at herself for not educating herself. She was mad at herself for not providing herself with her own money, not investing, not doing anything meaningful with her life. I don't know if she made a mark in the world for the duration of being on this earth, but I will always remember her As, the, as a woman that I never want to be. I never want to turn out like her. And what I mean by that is I don't want to be bitter, angry, and unforgiving. I don't want to die with unforgiveness in my heart. So I learned in college... that not all old people have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. There were certain questions that I would ask this elderly woman looking for wisdom, and she couldn't answer me. And after a while, I just accepted the fact that she doesn't have wisdom. Like there was a situation with a woman who only invited me to a wedding her wedding because she needed people to fill the seats. She didn't want to be embarrassed that little to no people would show up on her behalf for her wedding. And she really didn't like me. She was cordial, but she really didn't like me. And so she invited me to the wedding and I thought about doing what was right versus doing what was common sense. 
a common sense would be, hell no, I ain't going. You don't like me, no way. I not know that the real reason why you invited me, why, sh- why the fuck should I oblige? Like, you gonna have ten people there for you? Then that's, you know, treat people right. So I asked this woman, this elderly woman, what should I do? And she looked at me like I was foreign. Like a foreign alien from Jupiter some damn where. She likes to tell people what to do, but she can't give any wisdom. That was the day I decided not to ask her anything else because she don't got it. She does not have wisdom. I remember asking my mother spiritual questions that she could not answer. And she didn't just say, I don't know. I used to watch her because I thought that she knew all things. <laughs> like simply because she was older and then I discovered that she does not. She does not know all things. And she was still learning. She was still learning herself. So I had to learn that no matter how old a person is, they can still learn something new. And how I came to that conclusion was my classmate was an 18-year-old, and I was working on self-publishing my book at that time. And while we were waiting for class to start, she was asking me what I was doing on the computer, and I told her, she said, do you know that you can lock it? And I was like, what do you mean? And she showed me how to go into Microsoft Word and put a password on the book. That way no one can edit it or change it or anything else for that matter. They can't do anything. It's locked. And I learned something from an 18-year-old, and I was in my 30s. And then I met this woman at church who thought that just because a person is younger than her that they can't teach her anything. She felt that she'd have been around a block quite a few times, and there was nothing that a younger person could teach her, and she was so wrong about that. And so I learned that when people are open to receiving information, that they're easier to teach, they're teachable. Some people just want to give, uh, not even give, but tell other people what to do, but they don't want to be teachable themselves. They don't want to. But the point is, I received a gemstone in my crown of life for learning to apply what I've learned to all areas of life. In my childhood neighborhood, there was a guy who was known as a bully in the neighborhood, a bully and a fighter. He was also known for being crazy and for always foaming at the mouth. And he would bully a lot of people. But then he started losing friends. He didn't notice it. But God was teaching him to stop doing the crazy things that he was doing. And he wouldn't, he didn't see it. And when he did see it, he still kept doing those things. 
So God decided to have people tell him he was crazy. And I watched men and women of all ages and races say to him, look him dead in his face and say, oh my God, you're crazy. And he would get mad that people was calling him crazy. And he would say, I'm not crazy. Stop calling me crazy. And then it shifted to, if you keep calling me crazy, I'm going to punch you in your face. And nobody wanted to get beat up by him. So they stopped calling him crazy. Not only did they stop calling him crazy, but they stayed away from him. And he lost more friends. So he had gotten to a place of pretty much being isolated because of his bullying and his craziness. But guess what? He eventually stopped doing the things that made people call him crazy. So lessons learned in life, um, pain and happiness, success and failures are not the only ways to learn things. We've been going through this coronavirus pandemic and I started noticing on social media that everybody had their own version of what was going on and what to do next, people following trends. I noticed there were certain memes flirting around like there was one about the Simpsons and I think it was uh, season 4 episode 21 and in the meme it showed um, in the background of some you know cartoon news character um, like the coronavirus and then they showed in this depiction like a cloud of germs which would indicate that the coronavirus is <clears throat> airborne well, I just happened to have a subscription to Disney, and I went and looked for season four, episode 21, and I watched it, and what was in that meme was not in the cartoon. In the cartoon, there was germs um, in the cartoon, um, but there was nothing in it that talked about the coronavirus. Actually, March, I went to jail in that episode. So it was two things that was going on in the cartoon. It was like being friendly to the environment and March going to jail. And I said, huh, who did this and why did they do it? And I was watching the president um, talk to the journalists like they were nothing and he was telling the journalists like you have a duty and a job to report the news accurately and that's not what you're doing and I didn't pay that no attention so I decided because I know that my comprehension is a little bit slower than other people's and people will notice it because of the type of questions that I ask. So what I began to do to increase my comprehension 
to increase my understanding of the definition of words and how to use them in their proper context. I decided to start reading more. And so I would go, I, what I do is I go on Google and I find um, like different newspapers, different articles. Um, they have Google Books where you can read a book for free. Um, Amazon, if you have Prime, you can borrow one book per month for free. And you don't have to pay for it. So I've just decided to do a number of different things. They have like Scholastic books on Amazon um, that's specifically geared toward comprehension. And so I had ordered one. And it goes by grade. So I had ordered one. And actually, the one that I ordered, it had told me something about how ice cream cones had been invented and how um, different people had put a patent on the cone. And it taught me, that brief story taught me that the United States is a communist kind of country. And um, one person can invent something and then a million and one other people can come along and do a version of that same thing and it won't be copyright infringement. We have the same thing with books. There are a million and one authors. The concept is the same, but you're not copying someone else's work. So this is what I do personally. I just read things for to increase my comprehension and understanding of words. If I see a word that I've never seen before, I don't know what it means. With technology being the way that it is today, I just highlight it. And the dictionary comes up and it tells me the definition of the word. And I personally, what I do is I screenshot it and I created a folder in my cell phone where I put the definition of these words. And every so often, I'll go back and reread those words and their definitions. And at the bottom of it, you'll see the word used in a sentence or a paragraph. I pay attention to when people talk and sometimes they say things that have, it sounds like a negative thing. It sounds like the topic is being talked down on and I'm like, okay, this is a bad thing according to this person but that's just their perspective and perception. But is it really a bad thing? So what I do, there's a website called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A.com. And I go and I look at that forum. I put in the topic that this person is saying is a bad thing, like gentrification. It's known as being a bad thing. And I didn't know what gentrification meant. It sounded like <clears throat> it was something that caused division and separation. And the way that the person was talking was like division and separation is bad. It's looked down on. And so I went and looked at the definition of the word. And then I went on Quora. 
to see what it was that people were saying about gentrification. That's when I learned that it really, in a nutshell, just means um, middle class or wealthy people push poor people out of a neighborhood and they live in it. And when you push the poor people out of the neighborhood, you really take the character out of the neighborhood. Like you may have certain stores and laundromats and parks and so forth and so on in this neighborhood. But when gentrification happens, the character of that neighborhood leaves, like music stores, record stores, and we no longer have those stores. And that removed the character from the neighborhood. So, to me, if you displace anyone, poor, middle class, or wealthy, that's never a good feeling. Like, nobody wants to be homeless. I don't want to cause someone else to be homeless just because a neighborhood is up and coming. It's a new thing. It's a new trend. It's a great location. I don't want to make someone else homeless um, for selfish reasons. That's just me. At the same time, I never would want a, a neighborhood to lose its character because not everything that is black is worth less. We have art. We have music. We have different dance styles and hairstyles and you know this is the thing that brings us the soul to a character of a neighborhood you get some middle class or wealthy people you no longer have that good feeling it's quiet and it's bland and it's boring and there's separation like one neighbor doesn't want the other neighbor in their business. Hey, Carol. And they just go in their car and go on about their business. Oh, nosy bitch. She's always at her window. You know, these type of things. So that's just my perspective of it. Other people may see it differently. But this is how I learn. Knowing that I have dyslexia. And I pick up on things slower than other people do. That does not mean I don't get it. I get it eventually. It's just slower. I'm not stupid. I just take a little bit longer. So, with this whole coronavirus thing, and with me building up my comprehension skills and critical thinking skills, I decided that I was going to read the newspaper about five days a week. And so I noticed something. Between the Washington Post and the New York Times, I noticed that these newspapers do not report reliable information. And I began to wonder why is that? They know that the masses read their paper. And they know that people will believe what they read. So this would mean that you have, as a, a writer, 
you have a duty or an obligation to report the information as accurately as you can. Why would you purposely mislead the masses? I wondered if there was a supervisor fact-checking this information that was going to be published before it was published. I wondered if these writers were being told to purposely mislead the masses. So I've learned that, and this has been around since the beginning of time when it came to technology, that you, I was taught when computers first came out, we had dial-up. We had to unplug the home phone and put the wire, the ethernet wire into the computer in order to get the internet. And so I was taught in elementary school that when you look for information on the computer, you had to get the information from a reliable source. And that's all I remember this saying. Let's get it from a reliable source. And back then, we had the Encyclopedia and Britannica and so forth and so on. And so they were known for being, these books were known for being reliable sources where you can um, cite things, information, fact check. So we've come to a place where anybody can post anything at any time. You can create a blog, you can create your own website, you can publish a book, you can create your own newsletter, you can do anything that you want completely free. But when it comes to these newspapers, I would expect for them to really put out accurate information or the right information knowing that they are influencing the masses, but that's not what's happening. So if you have dyslexia, it would be a little difficult to trust what you're reading when you expect it to come from a reliable source. Everyone knows not to trust Wikipedia. So don't even trust Wikipedia. I discovered over the weekend that Google has a forum called Google Scholar. Apparently this is supposed to be fact-checked. These are um, papers written by scholars, people who have an education, people who fact-checked. And they write all sorts of articles with any topic about any culture anywhere on the earth. I mean, you can visit India without even actually going to India with Google Scholar. You can look at videos on YouTube about India and the culture. You can go on Google Maps and take a look at the street view and get live footage of what the streets of India actually look like without actually going to India. 
So there are ways to become diversified without even leaving your city. And the only thing it's going to cost you is Wi-Fi. Whatever amount of money you pay per month for Wi-Fi. And if you have a cell phone, your Wi-Fi is included on your cell phone. So you're really just paying your cell phone bill. But the point is... If you are dyslexic, there are a plethora of ways that you can learn, a plethora of ways to teach yourself. You don't want to hide from someone that you are dyslexic, but you certainly have to fight against people trying to insult your intelligence you definitely have to fight against those who will try to take advantage of how you receive information and you might have to pay closer attention and keep your guard up at all times Because people have a tendency of insulting other people on purpose. Like that's their life goal. And if you're not guarded, if you don't have your guard up at all times, you'll miss it. And then you'll be sitting back a day or two later replaying what happened. And you're like, wait a minute, I think that they just... So they just, you have to nip people in the bud immediately. And it's unfortunate that we have to be that way with other human beings. But not all humans are humanitarians. <coughs> Excuse me. Not all humans have a good heart. Not all humans care. Not all humans are good people. I was talking to an acquaintance of mine and... He's always using the internet to learn things as well. And so, I don't remember what this is called, but he told me that he was reading on the internet and through YouTube videos that there's a people who have a condition where they're missing some type of something in their um, brain that causes them to be overly happy, <clears throat> overly enthusiastic all the time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And he said to me, this is quite fascinating, and I would like to meet someone like that because they will motivate me to do certain things. And I remember saying to myself, I've never even heard of this. But he's always talking to me about something that I don't know. And it's mostly uh, about things that he like. When he likes something, he's completely thorough in the topic. And he's a bit thorough about a lot of things, a lot of different things. 
But I remember saying to myself, I've never heard of a person who's missing something in their brain and they're overly happy and overly joyous and all these things like at all times. So I I have a duty to research this now and see for myself. But here's the thing. We have access to the library. We have access to the internet. We have access to Wi-Fi. We have access to blogs and newsletters and newspapers and videos and all sorts of things we have access to. There's no one that can stop us from getting information. I even found on the newspaper a government website where you can bid for land, a house, and a car online. You don't even have to leave your house. They have like online auctions. They have shoes and jewelry and purses. And I I researched through this government article how did they even come to get this stuff. And apparently it's been confiscated from drug dealers and people who hadn't paid their taxes when they owed tax money. So the government confiscated their things. I'm thinking that whoever confiscated it (laughs) took the best of the best from off of the top and then said, eh, we'll put this on the auction website. They did say what they did with the money when they auctioned something off, but I don't remember what it was. But the point is I learned that You don't actually even have to go to a physical building when you want to bid for a house or a car or jewelry. You can actually sit at home on your computer and do it online. I learned this through researching, through reading things, through taking my time to understand what it is that I'm reading. So I want to encourage anyone listening to this podcast who have dyslexia you can teach yourself to learn you don't have to actually sit in the classroom go to a college or whatever it is some sort of school to learn something even on Groupon you can um, find things like I because of this pandemic that we are in uh, with the coronavirus I'm not a fan of guns at all and I decided that once this whole pandemic is over I want to get a license for a gun and I want to go to a shooting range and learn how to shoot and I want to get a safe deposit box to put the gun in I don't want no accidental shootings to happen And I went on Groupon and I looked for um, shooting ranges in my area. And I didn't find too many, but I found enough. And I also used my computer and I went online and downloaded and printed the application for a gun license. And it looks like this is something that they're really like being thorough with, which is okay with me because I'm not a criminal. I've never been to jail or arrested or anything like that. I don't have brushes with the law. 
so I'm okay with how thorough they're going to be. They're not going to find anything anyway. So, I did all of this on my own. I never went to anyone to teach me anything. I never asked anyone anything. I never asked anyone how to do something. I know that with the internet that I can go on there and learn how to by simply putting in the search bar how to. I learned how to make um, Caribbean style coconut rice or um, and I always say this wrong beans and rice or peas and rice with coconut milk like I just I taught myself and I practiced and then I got I got it right I messed up the first pot of peas and rice with the coconut milk but the second pot came out perfect and to be honest with you I didn't really taste the difference in the rice with the coconut milk versus making peas and rice with just water I never tasted the difference some people say they taste it I did not but I taught myself that's the point you can teach yourself with dyslexia just put it in a search bar in your computer or on your phone and you'll find whatever it is that you want so places to go to learn something from what I've seen YouTube is a great place because it's video content content so if you're a person that needs to learn visually YouTube is great because you can watch how something is done um, Google Scholar which I recently found over the weekend I have a lot of articles there that's so far I found it to be a good place to research information you have Quora which a lot of people do not know about Quora.com is spelled Q-U-O-R-A dot com any topic that you can think of under the sun you can find it on Quora another place to go to look for information of course is Google just put it in put the topic in the search bar and you'll find all kinds of things that will teach you what it is that you need to know you need to learn math everybody sucks at math <laughs> you can get it on Google you can get it on YouTube whatever the case may be but by by sharpening your critical thinking skills and your comprehension skills your common sense will automatically increase and you'll begin to remember things a lot better you have to always quicken and sharpen your mental faculties no matter how old you are you always have to learn you always have to and that's what I wanted to share with you guys no matter how old you are no matter where you are in life there's always something to learn if you like a topic learn more about it like I wanted to learn how to cook different things healthier things and I went to YouTube I didn't buy a cookbook 
I simply just went to YouTube and I put in different dishes and um, I saw different cultures do different things and have different ingredients and so forth and so on and I wanted to eliminate um, like the dried seasonings from my cabinet and use more fresh seasonings but I learned what is good for my stomach and my blood pressure and what is not <laughs> I learned that real quick and so it's, it's a learning curve it's a learning process but I now know how to cook things that my parents and grandparents never taught me how to cook not, eat, not friends not neighbors nobody I learned to do it on my own and so because I'm learning how to cook uh, fresher foods and from different cultures I'm also learning or rather teaching myself how to plate food the presentation of food on a plate when I watch the cooking shows I'm, I'm thinking how to modify something because not all supermarkets are going to have the ingredients that these people on the shows are using. So I think about how to modify it. I look at the type of plates and bowls and colors and textures of the plates and bowls that they are using. Whether it's soup, whether it's something fried, whether it's a salad, whether it's like Taco Tuesday, you know, whatever it is, I'm paying attention to those little small details. I'm learning how to pair different wines with different meats and learning what type of red wines I like and what type of red wines I do not like. And I'm learning about alcohol content in the wine and the different states that the wine comes from and the different type of glasses that you use for the wine not that I'm really going to be doing the most when it comes to glasses like I went to the 99 cent store and I got two different types of glassware for my wine one is has a stem and one is more like a cup and like that's it for me I'm just not <laughs> going to be doing too much. But I know that if someone have a conversation with me about wine, that I can contribute something to the conversation. Like, you know, I can participate and I can engage a person in a conversation about different types of glasses and wines. And I could tell them something that they don't know. And they can tell me something that I don't know. So this is what, you know, I'm just teaching myself. I'm learning to do a lot more DIYs, do-it-yourself things. Like I learned to, if there's no milk, like say there's a recall on milk, or maybe you can't, I can't find any in a store. I've learned to take evaporated milk to make milk. I put one can of evaporated milk in a jar, and I fill that same can up with water, to make it equal parts and I pour that in a jar as well and voila I have milk and it tastes like regular uh, fresh whole milk I've learned to do hand sanitizers in a do-it-yourself way I took um, olive oil that you cook with I took the aloe vera gel 
and alcohol, I blended it all up together, and voila, I have hand sanitizer. So though there's none on the shelves, I still have some. So these are things that, you know, I can share with other people if they want to know. And you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to make hand sanitizer. I've learned how to make, um, uh, what's this called? Buttermilk from scratch. I like buttermilk fried chicken. I discovered that. But buttermilk, you know, it costs a little bit of money. <laughs> I've learned that a DIY on YouTube that if you take um, vinegar and milk, you whip it around and let it sit for a little while, you have homemade buttermilk and it costs less money. So be encouraged if you do have dyslexia, you know, teach yourself how to do different things and teach yourself how you learn. Everyone's learning style is different. And if I remember right, there's four different types of learning styles. I'm the one where sometimes I just have to see something is done, how something is done, and then I just get it. And then other times I have to see it and then practice it, and then I'll get it. And then there's some things I can just do it. If you tell me how to do something verbally, I can just take my hands and go ahead and do whatever it is that you know, I'm trying to do. But as far as remembering things, I learned that I have to read something more than once, repeat something more than once, remind myself some of something, you know, more than once. I have to sit back and uh, self-reflect and analyze and, you know, just kind of go through it in my mind for a little while, hours, so whatever the case may be, and it helps me to remember. So this is what I do, um, you know, to learn, and I, I learn, and I have dyslexia. So I hope this helps you, and um, I do hope... Uh, I do hope that you begin to do something more um, for yourself because we're living in a world where everybody is selfish. And we see that with the people who turned over their stocks before the coronavirus. There's like a couple of trillion dollars in stocks that they dumped before the coronavirus. And this was before the coronavirus was even um, made public. They had inside information. They were thinking about themselves. And so they dumped their stocks so that they don't lose out on their money. But the point is, we live in a society where people are selfish. So you have to teach yourself. Shalom.